Endless Possibilities with Catherine Dean. Here we are with Endless Possibilities again and I'd like to welcome to the studio today right in front of me I'm I'm quite pleased to have Hayley from the Hawkesbury Companion Animal Shelter. I have Linda and Emmanuel from Hawkesbury Council. Hello people. Hello. Hi. Hi. It was that good. Did you hear them? All at once they said hello to me, everyone. We'll have to see if we can get that on cue more often. Okay. <laughs> so we're here today and I the reason I asked for you to come in was that coming up to the Christmas period and everyone wants to give everyone a lovely, soft, cuddly little puppy or kitten or something like that. Do you get, Hayley, I'll ask you if, if that's okay. I mean, look, just pop in when you want to, guys. But do you get... And do you see a greater influx of animals after Christmas because of this purchasing of the, you know, nice little puppy or kitten? I wouldn't say that we get a, a great influx of animals that come in. Um, yeah. Obviously, over the holiday period, we do get a lot of strays mm. that do come in, but a lot of them do end up going home. Yeah. Uh, we find that it's not so much unwanted Christmas presents that mm. people are, say, dumping off at the shelter. Yeah. Um, it's more so if they've bought puppies or kittens from breeders, that sort of thing, and details on their microchip details are not up to date. Right. So where they sort of stay at the um, shelter a little bit longer because it takes us a little bit longer to finally get in contact with their owners mm. um but yeah i wouldn't say that we have a massive influx of unwanted pets as okay. such around the christmas break so do you with the microchipping we'll talk about that for a minute okay mm -hmm. when people do get because i i know that there's a great big thing's been going on for some time and my daughter-in-law actually uh works for guide dogs so I, she's very animal conscious and she's very much onto people that are breeding but not breeding in the code mm -hmm. of breeding and so we're getting a lot of crossbreds and things like that and they're being sold prior to the time they should be going and is that the sort of breeds or what you're getting that isn't microchipped? Uh, a lot of the times yes the um, not up to standard and not apply like um sort of applying the Companion Animals Act at home when they're breeding in their facilities, whether it be in their backyard, in their home, or if they have an establishment for that. Um, it's if they're not following the guidelines with that, which includes the microchipping, the sale of nothing any younger than eight weeks of age, um, they have to be a certain health standard as well, how the animals are kept. Um, those are ones that you, you tend to get that aren't microchipped. Um, but a lot of the times your registered breeders that are doing the right thing, they mm. sell their puppies, um, mm. they look after their puppies really well, same mm. with cats and kittens. Yep. Um, they're all chipped, vaccinated, health checked and everything mm. like that before they go off to new homes. So with the ones that come in that are sold, do you, do you get a lot sold under the eight weeks? Um, not through us at the shelter, right. um, obviously, because we have our um, eight weeks or above yes, as yes. well. Um, with sort of people getting them you can get a lot of kittens off for free yes. on different social media sites exactly. off different sales sites that sort of thing um those are generally the ones that mm. aren't vaccinated they're yeah. not microchipped so yeah. those are the ones that you have to sort of think to yourself okay is the breeding practices in this situation mm. up to standard yeah and a lot of the times you'll find that they may not be yeah and that would be a really hard one you know because you've got these people that are going out whether they be mums dads or partners or you know aunts or uncles whatever they are that are going out and buying their little child or someone who's lost or a grandmother that's lost a companion a, an animal with the right intention and yet sometimes they're pushed into those ways of buying from a breeder that may not be as you say because of cost mm -hmm. so 
I understand that a registered breeder has a lot more costs that they have to incur and things like that, but it's unfortunate that it opens that doorway, doesn't yes. it? And that's probably what you would see a lot of. Yes, so um, something to keep in mind if you are thinking about um, whether you're purchasing from a breeder or anything like that is to keep in mind that the animal should be eight weeks or above yeah. in good health and registered breeders will typically have health certificates so they've had yeah. the puppies checked they've had the kittens checked yeah. they're microchipped they're vaccinated that sort mm -hmm. of thing so that's the sort of if you're going to be purchasing from a breeder mm -hmm. that's the sort of things to look out for um obviously if you're buying from someone who it's an accidental litter that their two dogs must have um yeah. bred unintentionally mm -hmm. um they should still by law be microchipped before yeah. being rehomed so that's another thing to keep an eye on and when you talked about the microchipping and you said that there's actually that they're up to date and they're correct mm -hmm. so does are you saying from that that there's people out microchipping that aren't doing it properly uh, not so much that the microchipping isn't being done properly it's more so um, for example if John down the street was to have a litter of puppies yep. he should have the puppies um, microchipped into his name so okay. then it's accountable from when they're six to eight weeks of age that this is who bred them this is where they've come from um, then when John from down the street sells said puppy to Lisa down the road yep. you need to make sure that the paperwork is then submitted into the local council to be yep. updated from John's name into Lisa's name yep. and then so forth if Lisa was to rehome the animal yep. from there details are changed yep. or even if you um, move houses, houses or change yep. mobile number or anything like that you want to yep. keep the details up to date as yep. good as possible yeah and I think a lot of people probably would forget to do that with the animals wouldn't they would, would you do like when you get them in do you get that where yes yeah. yes it does happen um obviously because it could be just a freak storm that rolls over yeah. little little molly at home may never have escaped out of the yard or never left the property without someone with them at home mm. um and then a storm rolls over little molly freaks out she gets out she runs away she ends up at the shelter uh, we call the numbers and oh, that number's disconnected mm. or they move from that address five years ago. Mm. So it's it's something that isn't usually on top of everyone's sort of top priority list priority to update list. Yep. Um, because if the their pet's at home with them, they don't think, oh, my pet could go missing mm. tomorrow. I better make sure they're up to date. I had a little Molly. <laughs> I had a border collie Molly. <laughs> so when you said Molly, you, and Molly did get out when there was a big storm. And, but Molly didn't get to the shelter because we got to Molly before Molly got to the shelter. But, yep. you know, you're totally correct because when I'm doing weather, especially when we've got a lot of stormy weather around, I say to people, you know, the animals hear the storm so much earlier than what yes. we do. And to make sure you keep them safe, keep them, you know, under control and things like that because they will go. And apart from the stress to the actual animal, the stress of the person trying to find the animal and it, it just goes on and on. And with, it's like when you change a dress, I, I think, I, I, if look, if, jump in people with me on this one if I'm wrong, is there a certain place you can go to where when you change a dress, make sure you tick these boxes to changing everything else? Have you ever seen that? Never come across anything no, like that. No? No. no. I, I might ask my daughter because she's changed a few times because that really would be something that could go in there. If yes. you've got an animal. Yeah. yeah. So um, with like the microchips, so the microchips in the animals are the in New South Wales, they're um, registered on a companion animals registry database. Mm. So that's yep. all an online um, run sort of page. Mm. Um, 
with that, it's the councils that generally do the updating of those sorts of things. Mm. Um, so your change of owner forms, your permanent identification mm. forms, your lifetime registration mm. all gets applied onto there. Mm. So you can fill out forms, submit them to your local council to have details updated. Yep. Um, or you can also, uh, with the pet registry, mm. it's a online um, platform as well and members of the public can make their own profile. Mm. They can claim their animals as their own and if they were to change numbers, move address, they can actually log on online themselves and update everything through the pet registry website. So when you get an animal that's been there, how long does an animal have to be there before it then you put it up for adoption or what you do do? What's the process? Yep. Um, so initially, obviously, upon impound, the animals are all scanned. Um, yep. So we have the special scanners that pick up and read the microchip number. Um, the microchip numbers then ran through the database, which mm. is the CAR, um, and we get ownership details from yeah. that. Um, if an animal comes in and isn't microchip, we do keep them for eight days. That gives eight days for their owner to come forward and reclaim them. Yeah. Uh, if they don't come forward and reclaim them, that's when the animals roll over for um, adoption. So yeah. that's when they're available to members of the public. Um, if you have an animal that comes in and it's impounded and it is microchipped, they have 18 days, okay. um, given that the details are all up to date. and We've been yeah. able to make contact. Um, um, and then obviously after the 18 days, if still no owner and no contact has been made, then they roll over for adoption as well. And how long are they there for adoption? Uh, depends on the animal. You know, like sometimes um, we've had animals come in that uh, we've got waiting, lines waiting out the front when they mm. come up available. Um, other times... Like recently with the yes, colleague. Yes, so I'm exactly. sorry, but my friend, you know, she says, oh, look at her because I'm after a female. She wanted a male. And she'd go, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, with, with Leo in that in yeah. that example, um, he was definitely... Everyone wanted him. Yeah. Um, same with small dogs and mm. young pups as well. Okay. Um, when they come up for available, they do have quite large waiting list yeah um it's more so the sort of middle age to older older pets yeah. um cats and dogs and like breed wise it's generally the larger breeds that yeah. sort of hang around for a little bit longer mm. um given that they are coping well in the shelter environment and um if we have to keep them for a few weeks yeah. uh, like we recently had a dog that we had for about six weeks mm. um he was coping well in the shelter environment he was having his daily exercise we're mm. interacting with him a lot he was having his play dates with the other dogs um, so he was able to stay a little bit longer. So he's now gone on to be adopted. Yeah. Um, but then obviously we do have some animals that may not handle the shelter environment as yeah. well. Um, and we do work with some really good rescue groups in the area that do take them on and find them homes from there. Hmm. And so we've been talking a lot about dogs in this mm -hmm. instance. What happens with the... Okay, so it's not... Is it just dogs and cats? Yes. So right, um, okay. at the shelter, uh, we deal with the companion animal side of things. Yep. So that's um, basically the, the dogs and cats in the community. Mm. Um, we do get a lot of cats as well, mm. but the more so storm phobic, that sort of thing, when we get yeah. influxes after storms or fireworks, uh, is generally the dogs because yeah. um, the cats will typically find their way home. The dogs yeah. sort of freak out, they have their run, and then they have no way yeah. of getting home. Yeah. Um, so we generally Typical do male. end up with yeah, we generally <laughs> do end up with the dogs <laughs> after storms than the cats. So yeah. yeah, when I was a little person, I know this goes sound really silly but doesn't matter I was a little I mean really little person I used to think that kittens and cats were females and the dogs were males I also used to think if you had to go to America that was another big round planet we had to get a rocket to go there so you know it's just the silly thing so that's why I said typical male then you know all scattered not knowing where to get it's the same send them out to do Christmas shopping you go out for one present come home you wrap it then you go what's next on the list women we go out get it all done sorry about that Emmanuel no, that's okay. you've been rather I get it all the time that's good well then you're used to it I am that's good that's excellent okay 
Okay, so we what what happens with the cats, kittens, whatever? Mm -hmm. Do you find that cats are less microchipped than dogs? Uh, typically, yes. Yes, mm. um, we do get quite a few unmicrochipped cats come in, mm. uh, mainly because there can be, uh, like, obviously, because cats are allowed to roam. Yeah. So people obviously get them off whether it be Facebook yeah. buy swap sell sites or they might get them from Gumtree or the yeah. neighbour down the road that had the, the kittens the last season, that sort of thing, and um, they're typically not microchipped ones yeah. um ones that we do have come in that are microchipped a lot of the times do end up going home quite quickly yeah. uh but with the cats because they have such large litters as well when they mm. do if they're not desexed and they are yeah. roaming um there's quite a lot higher rate of sort of so unmicrochipped a, cats so there would through. be actually a bigger rate really of say rogue breeding in cats than dogs yes yeah. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely, especially because it's not um, it's not illegal for a cat to be roaming unrestrained without supervision from the owner. I didn't Whereas, know that. Um, obviously, with there's guidelines that state you know like yeah. collar, bell, that sort of thing, um, yep. have a mim after dark, that sort. Mm. Um, but with the dogs, it's they have to be restrained. They yep. have to be under constant mm. supervision by an owner when they're mm. off property. Mm. So, how many animals do you hold there at the shelter? Oh God, uh, <laughs> um, sixty dogs. Yeah, I think. yeah. sixty dogs, dogs and about how many cats? It's would we... generally between thirty and forty cats that we're yeah. able to house comfortably. Mm. Are you ever chock a block? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of the time. Mm, I wouldn't say a lot of the time. You sort of have seasons so where it happens. So what, what's it happened? What's your flow? Is it around certain times it goes high? That is Christmas high? Uh, not so much Christmas, New Year's. Okay. Fireworks, the dogs freak out, they run yep. off. So around yep. New Year's is when we get a high inflow of dogs. Yep. Um, and then typically with cats, at the moment we are smack dead in the middle of kitten season. Oh, okay. So the cats are out roaming, people are picking them up, they've got litters of kittens or mm. they're coming in pregnant, that mm. sort of thing. Yep. Um, so we do have a high rate of kittens over sort of the, the spring-summer months mm. um, coming through. Mm. It, in the shelter... If a cat comes in and it's possible, do you abort those kittens? Are they Is that done? No, no, we don't do that at the shelter. Um, well, do you put it to a vet to do that? No, if, if they're quite clearly very pregnant, yeah. uh, we do work with rescue groups that take them out oh, under okay. duty of care. Yeah. Uh, they take them on, they care for the mothers, yeah. they give birth in the rescue care facility, yeah. um, they raise the kittens with the mum and then yeah. find them homes from there. Yeah. Um, but that's obviously if they are very, very obviously pregnant. Yeah. And um, like speaking to either like Linda or Emmanuel, you can pop in on this one. The Hawkesbury Council, I mean, you, you've got the shoulder going and everything. How do you feel with the council? Like, I mean, do you feel a lot of people are listening and taking note of getting the animals microchipped? Are they paying registrations? I mean, what, what do you find the biggest issue is? I think it might be, I think it's the microchipping and the changing. I think Haley's touched on that. I think it's yeah. the microchipping, changing of details um, and responsible ownership of the yeah. animals, I think, is the big issue and the message yeah. that we try and we're trying to get out there. Yeah. Um, I guess council's taken a position now that we've got a lot of avenues to promote um, the animals in terms of trying to get them rehomed or yeah. or um, back to a forever home. So, mm. yeah, we're sort of working to try and get people aware yeah. and then also, um, you know, getting the animals out there to see if we can find them suitable mm. homes for rehome. And what about the, is it, like I don't know, but is there people out in the dog catches pounds whatever you call them not pounds uh, but you know no. going around catching the dogs if they're off or 
what happens with that? If you find dogs roaming, what happens? Yeah, so we have um, Haley's team out at the animal shelter have yeah. the capabilities of going around and capturing roaming dogs or oh, animals. Okay. And we also have a community enforcement team that have vehicles that are able to do that as well. Yeah. So if we see a roaming animal, whether it be reported or they, we just stumble across it, yeah. um, we usually pick it up and we'll, we'll bring it back into the shelter. It was funny, I was driving out of my house the other day and there was a little dog um, just on the up ramp. Yep. And um, so I just picked it up, took it back to my office, yep. got it scanned, and we, we try and ring the owner. If we know who yep. the owner's details are, I'm trying to return the animal straight yep. away. So, yeah. But also our shelter um, services, um, Penrith City Council, the Hills and Hornsby. So we actually, the rangers from those councils as well, will pick up animals and bring them into our shelter, if, and then then we're trying to find the owners from there. Right. So it's not just so, our local so, government area. Okay, so Linda, what is that? Just just hang on, everyone. We just got you a little bit close to the mic there, um, because that was quite interesting. So you you're saying to me that the you deal with what was that so again? So our uh, Hawkesbury, even though it's called the Hawkesbury Companion Animal Shelter because it's run by Hawkesbury City Council. Yes, we actually service three other council areas. So we service the Hills, Hornsby, and Penrith City. That's council. massive. Yeah, that's yeah, that's huge. absolutely massive. Yeah. 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 So I thought Penrith did their own. No, no. No. Yeah. Has it always been like that? Yes, it has been, yes. Yes, but for the last, gosh, we, Hornsby's probably our latest addition, but it's been like that for at least 10 to 15 years. We've had those councils using our facility yeah. um, for, for companion animals. Is yeah. this the shelter they use? They do, yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay, fine. Yeah. So obviously you got the task because you're so good at it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's it, right, absolutely. good. We're all yeah. on the page here, excellent. Um, so getting such a vast um, area like that, that just actually amazes me. I'm sure a lot of people in the Hawkesbury probably didn't realise that either. But uh, so how many people work out of council, not the shelter, just out of council on this? Well, we have a team of four yep. um, in the main office and then we have um, a very hard-working team out of the shelter of about... Between eight and ten, yeah, eight, yeah, and, eight ten. and ten, and that includes casuals um, and full-time staff. Do you have volunteers well. out there? We do have a selection of volunteers out there yeah. as well. They come in from time to time as well. So yeah, yeah. but yeah. The, just to clarify, the team of four don't just look after companion animals. No. They're doing a whole range of other community-type work as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Illegal. Yeah. So that's the yeah. community enforcement officers that we have in the main office. Yeah. The shelter staff look after obviously the the, yes. the welfare of the animals, but then yes. we've got other. The, the, the staff, that, yeah, they've got other duties that they share yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah. Is it, like, with with getting, when you inherit or you, you get given the gift of another area, gift or whatever... We charge them. <laughs> we do, yes. Well, let's get down to the money here, yeah, yeah, let's, okay? Let's just... We'll get down to the tin tax here. <laughs> so you, you charge that council to be able to use your facilities and to do the enforcement. Uh, to, to use our facility. So they have their own staff that will be picking up animals or doing um, the patrols. Okay. Um, and then their staff will drop the animals off at our shelter and then from there we, we take it from there to, in terms of trying to find a home or finding you know, the So owner. what happens when you get over-indated with animals? Like if you've got a, such a vast, you, you know, space mm, of mm. people you're dealing with. Well, we'll touch wood, we haven't thus yet but we we have had circumstances where we've had to significantly reduce the price we've we've put out more posts on our facebook we've to really advertised to try move. and yeah to to rehome these animals mm. um but touch wood um thus far we've had 
really a really good run for the last yeah. I think probably eight to twelve months. I think we've been pretty good. So um, social media is yeah, obviously absolutely. a critical um, key to that success in terms of so Haley and the other staff, and mm. um, so we work with other people who do videos of the animals to help really sell them and show mm. how playful they are or yeah. interactive. So mm. and you know and you know what the rich can be for social media. Mm. It brings people in. They can mm. see the animals and it just brings people into the shelter. Yeah, of course it does. So do you have a particular company you use for those? videos um yes no we, we've engaged um some contracting staff from yeah. a, a volunteer rescue organization yeah. who are quite good with the camera and yeah. the video camera yeah. and Haley, our star here actually um is in a lot of those videos and photos which is oh, fantastic you're famous i didn't know she, that. she <laughs> is <laughs> famous <laughs> But, um, famous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, but no, Haley. Haley is really good with the animals, so yeah. um, we utilise her a lot in the yeah. videos, showcasing the animals in terms mm. of their playfulness, mm. um, their suitability for rehoming, and what sort yeah. of homes they need to go to. Mm. And it's been really, really successful. And we're mm. trying to get the other councils, Penrith and the Hills, at this point in time, um, to utilise their social media um, outlets to try and stem the flow of animals coming into the shelter so we're not in a in a position where we're inundated with animals. Why would they animals. not do that? I mean, that would be, to me... Yeah, I mean, they have to some extent. That, that's but not council politics that we shouldn't talk about, is it? No, no, oh, let's okay. leave that at the door. Oh, yeah. But I think um, they have to some extent done stuff, but they yeah. haven't done enough. So okay. we've realised the urgency or the need yeah. to do it, and yeah. now we're starting to spread that out, and yeah. they're coming on board with us yeah. um, because of, I guess, the cost that Linda mentioned like initially yeah. with the other councils, they're trying to minimise costs, so they yes. want to jump on board, rehome these animals so that the cost to them is less. Right, because they're charged for how long the animals are in the shelter? For each day. Each day in the yes. shelter, there's a charge. Yes, so it's going to be um, financially better for them to uh, become Facebook nerds or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's also good for the animals because we're trying to rehome them into their, their forever home rather than yeah. staying in the shelter. That's right. Um, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they're exercise, they're fed, you know, but mm. it's it's never going to be the same as being in a home mm. no. jumping on someone's lounge. No. <laughs> Okay. Like your dog. <laughs> like, like your dog. dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I, well, there you go. You like the lounge and, you know, I, I probably wouldn't go that way, but then my dog would probably love the lounge and my partner would like my dog loving the lounge. So that's our in-house argument. But anyway. Um, but, okay, so we've got all these other areas that you deal with. You've got uh, homing the facilities there for what you are. You're exercising them, you're feeding them, you're making sure they're right. If they come in, they're not microchipped. I assume they go out microchipped. Yes, yes. Yeah. so they leave microchipped. Um, any cattle dog that comes into the facility, they are microchipped if they haven't already had one. Yeah. Uh, they have their lifetime registration applied. Um, if they are going back to their owners, it's not compulsory desexing. Um, if they are going to a new home, rehomed through us through adoption, uh, they will get microchip vaccinated, uh, lifetime registered, and desexed. So yeah. it is compulsory desexing. Okay, so how much does it cost to desex? Like, not how. Okay, let's be no big one. Right, replay, delete. Okay, <laughs> so. What does what's the cost of a dog? Does that depend on whether obviously if you've had to desex it or not, mm -hmm. or whether it's been microchipped or not? Like, is there variances? Yes. So, um, our adoption fees at uh, the shelter do vary. Um, yep. It varies on whether they are male or female. Um, yep. For instance, varies between their age groups. So yes. we do have different prices for age gaps, mm -hmm. um, and then obviously we have more prices again for males and females that are already desexed mm -hmm. and age brackets as mm -hmm. well. And same with cats. 
Yes, the yep. same with cats. Um, so obviously their prices usually range from around the $88 mark up to about $192. Um, that includes their desexing, microchip, vaccination, lifetime rego. Um, and then with the dogs, it's generally from around $100 up to about $407, um, depending on the age and sex as well. Around $407, mm. not $407.50. 30 cents. <laughs> there you go. Okay, you got that one. I'll leave that one with you. Uh, so, okay, so you, you have all that going on. I have a question to ask you here, probably more, but anyway. Do you ever have that troublesome dog that just keeps coming back? Uh, we have in the past had some regulars. Yes. yes. Uh, we know like them on the accommodation. A, yes. Though? Yeah. They yep. they enjoy the accommodation. They come back for regular visits. Yeah. Um, but that usually is comes down to the council officers, okay. where, depending on what area they come from, whether okay. it be Penrith, Hawkesbury Hills, Hornsby, yeah. uh, the council officers that are responsible for um, sort of upholding the like a responsible pet ownership yep. in their area, uh, we usually work with the owner to get them home, get them suitably contained in their environment so mm -hmm. we're not having them getting out and coming back to the shelter. Are they charged every time that happens? Yes. Yeah, okay, yes. so... Yeah, so there so are impound fees. Like the fees. little Houdini that wants to keep jumping out and mm -hmm. doing that sort of thing, it's... Um, must be costly for the owner and also for, well, it's a, the, the dogs get onto the roads it yep. could be a danger for yep. exactly. you know, accidents and everything exactly so we have the impound fees obviously because um, that supports the shelter being yeah. able to house the animals and look yeah. after them while we have them impounded mm -hmm. um, it also is a deterrent for the um, owners to yeah. actually think about okay how am I going to stop my animal from getting out yeah. and continually being picked mm -hmm. up and brought to the shelter yeah. Um, and it also is, we have to think about as well, it's not just the owner and the pet that we have to think about, it's everyone else in the community. Yeah. So other people could be walking their dogs down the street and mm. a rogue dog could come and That's right. attack. Yeah. Um, they could cause a car accident, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, so there's a lot of factors to take into account as to why we have impounding fees yeah. for so release fees. When, when you've got uh, an animal that has gone through your process, it's been put out there for adoption forever long time as you do depending what happens then do, do you have to euthanize animals uh we aren't a no-kill shelter but okay. we are a very low kill shelter okay um so obviously if the animal is behaviorally sound um doesn't have any aggression issues uh gets along well with people fine with strangers that sort of thing even if they are repeat offenders of escaping yeah. we do get them into suitable homes yeah. eventually um so obviously we do work with uh rescue groups as well that yeah. do cater for escape artist animals um <laughs> and then they can um they can then sort of vet the potential adopters yeah. a little bit more from there, go and do yard inspections, that yeah. sort of thing, to make sure that the yard will be yeah. suitable for a fence jumper, digger, yeah. all that sort of yeah. stuff. Have you looked at, and I'm back to council now, so, you know, Linda or Emmanuel, jump in on this one. You can too if you want to. <laughs> I mean, you're holding the others up at the moment. So <laughs> Come on, guys. Great job. Absolutely. They, they've got to get in now and do a bit of work, I think. Yeah. But have you ever looked at the older animals or the dogs or, I don't know, whatever, little ones, whatever it is, at being companion dogs for the elderly? I guess it just depends on the, the animal's temperament. Um, so that's something that could be considered, but I think at the end of the day, I think I'll resort back to what Hayley said. If, if um, we do have a wide network of rescue organisations that are able to find suitable homes mm. for these animals. Um, but that's something that, yeah, could be considered. But I think 
yeah, some of the dogs that we get, they're probably... I'm talking about the older ones, though. The older dogs, The older yeah. ones would be ones, and you'll know this, Hayley, well, you might all know it, they mm. calm down a lot more mm. than the younger ones. Yes, usually, so yes. From, mm. from the shelter point of view, so there are programs out there, and I was watching a program the other day where they had this beautiful dog being brought into a nursing home and he's, yes, you know, these people thinking. lying in yeah, bed, yeah. you know, mm. being treated, yeah. and this dog would just come in and they'd pat him on the head, he'd yeah. jump up on the bed, yeah. you know, sometimes and lie yeah. down, and, you know, and that it just brought, he just brought such joy. Yes. Um, unfortunately, the shelter's not set up for that process no, no. however we can you know we the the rescue groups or other organizations um having those kinds of partnerships where we're we're looking at the dog's temperament so we're constantly trying to work out what kind of dog suits what kind of family or or situation that they might be going into yeah it, it would be a lovely sort of result from that mm. i'm thinking if and i know councils always stretch to its limits and all that so we won't do that bit either but i mean the <laughs> thing is when you look at a natural progression and even obviously you're an animal lover Haley. Mm -hmm. so to see what you saw Linda that the dog gave so much joy to an elderly person mm. if you've got those animals that are aged and people aren't attracted towards taking them that could be a program that could be an initiative set up that the government could help fund council to do that seeing that you guys have so many councils that you look after what do you think about that? That sounds like an I, idea we can investigate, definitely. I definitely like that, yes. <laughs> yes. I, I like that. <laughs> Not because I thought of it. No, and no, I've got was, copyright on it. It's okay. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we'll so we'll you can you call credit. it. <laughs> hey, what did you say? We'll give, we'll you, give credit. you credit. Oh, okay, so it gets called the Catherine Jane Program, doesn't it? Oh, I like it. <laughs> it's got a ring to it. It has, you know. That's why I use that name. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's good. Okay, so what I want to know now, for people out there that... Uh, I mean, obviously, the shelter, you've got no intention to extend it at the moment. It's 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 doing its job. It's good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, look, we're undergoing a series of renovations. And you we are? Yeah. yeah, we had recently the roof um, reconfigurated. So mm. it takes advantage of the winter sun yeah. and and makes it cooler in the uh, summer months. So yeah. we went. Out, I went out there the other day in a 40 degree heat and it was actually 28 degrees. So it was really, oh, really pleasant. Yeah. So we're looking at little tweaks um, over the years, obviously, mm finances pending yeah. so um hopefully yeah watch this space we should have a few more upgrades yeah. coming through yeah, yeah. And, so and on that note if anyone wants to donate money oh, towards yes. you know ongoing capital works feel free to do so okay. Absolutely. and i was about to say do you take donations oh, yes. but i think linda you want to take my seat here <laughs> <laughs> so you know and i don't want the council job if that's right not that i don't love Hawkesbury council <laughs> it's a swap <laughs> no no it's not a swap okay it doesn't happen that way but um okay so they can donate all right. And really monetary donations rather than anything else, Hayley? Uh, I mean, having so many animals in care, um, we can't tend to run out of certain things. Um, so oh. when during the kitten season, so having things on hand like the um, kitten wet food, yep. uh, kitten dry food, that sort of thing is always handy. Uh, obviously, we do purchase, um, council does purchase and supply food for the animals. But mm. when we have an inundation of um, kittens during kitten yep. season that need that little bit extra, it's always mm. handy to have that on hand. Um, and also dog treats. So treats for the dogs like your smackos, things like yeah. that for when we're doing our training, um, when we're doing our photos and videos, mm -hmm. that sort of thing, mm -hmm. um, and just to keep them entertained in their kennel as well. So we do fill Kongs and things with treats and whatnot yeah. to keep them 
And what about pet handlers? Do you do you do you want volunteers for that to come in and hug and cuddle or whatever you do? So we actually have um, some volunteers that do come in and work with the cats and dogs. Yep. Um, some like doing both. Some like to do just one or the other. Yeah. Um, with council, with any volunteers, there's a process where there's an they application form and yep. uh, interview. Mm. Yep. But at the moment, we've and there's only so many volunteers that yep. you know you can have at any one time. So we've yep. kind of filled the quota at the moment. Yep. Um, do you have a waiting list? I think there's a few people yeah. that are interested. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we'll, we'll roll or review that on a regular basis yeah. and then change them around or, or yeah. do the interview process and the application process mm -hmm. um, and give people a go mm -hmm. at there. But as Linda said, you know, there's a certain space there for them yeah. and we don't want to inundate the shelter because yeah. they need supervision at some point as well and the yeah. staff are very busy so we yeah. sort of need to manage that and yeah. and monitor that as well mm. so very good mm. is there anything that the any three of you would like to say that i might have missed uh, i don't want your christmas list just tell me anything uh. <laughs> you know Maybe no. Hayley might want to... Have you got anything, Hayley, you want Yeah, um, so I would like to touch on we do have um, regular Pets of the Week. Uh, oh, so okay. every week yeah. we come up with a um, cat and a dog that we recommend for Pet of the Week. So yeah. that means that their adoption fees are reduced. The cats come down to $29 to adopt and the dogs come down to $99 to adopt. Yeah. So that adoption fee still includes their microchip, lifetime registration, desexing, first vaccination. Um, so we like to... We do put them on our social media site they are listed on our website as well on the Hawkesbury mm. City Council website um, but we would like to put out that everyone keep your eye out for our pets of the week they could be a perfect friend that's right they could be and maybe what I'll do is I'll when I've done this podcast I'll put a link there for that to you so mm -hmm. that you know we can actually keep up to date and network right. it properly for the community which would be really good yep, that yeah. would be great yeah. so donations where do they go to like obviously oh, to the look, pound but just, I mean what just, I'm asking is how do people do that is there a link or well, I think I think you could you could obviously walk into the shelter and make the donation okay. there, um, and also you could possibly just walk into the council office mm -hmm. themselves and and make it known that you want to make a donation, and we can mm -hmm. make arrangements at that yeah. at that point. Yeah. And if people can't do that, I'm sure that there's some way they can get in contact with you to do a bank transfer or something. If they yeah, absolutely. To. Yes. This day, I'm sure there'd every, be a way of taking the money. Every way. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, sure available. Yes. Yes. Definitely. That's great. Well, look, I if I've if I've covered everything, which I hope I have, and I really do honestly appreciate the time of the three of you coming in, you Haley, for having to support these two people. <laughs> you know, no, thank you for having us. People, yeah. that's really good. And I'd actually like to come up to the shelter one time, and you know, if it's okay with you guys, I might even do a little video and chat with everyone, and we might chuck that up on the Facebook page as well, and just let people know what's about. That'd so, be great, and you can take you. a couple of animals with you too if you like, like cats oh, or dogs. And I get them free, do I? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we could work out something on the oh, down low. Okay, so yeah. you, you want to ins on that Catherine Jane idea, don't you? I yeah, know. that's the way. <laughs> okay. All right, well, look, thank you very much and uh, appreciate your time and have a wonderful Christmas to the animals and to everyone. Yes. Thank, thank you. you very thank much. you. Bye bye.